This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. Good evening and welcome. I'm Stephanie Longmuir and you are listening to Stand Up Straight where we aim to provide a vehicle for the Allied supporters to stand up for our GLBT and I community. Thank you to Dano and Mason um, for a wonderful afternoon of chat and music and, and some great interviews too. And also to Beck. Our faithful newsreader. Thank you, Beck, for the news. Tonight we have two new faces in the Stand Up Straight studio. We have Chris Tate, our program manager, who's going to be panelling tonight. Hello, Chris, and welcome. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing a great job so far. (laughs) And um, our guest tonight is Suri Binsad, who is no stranger to Joy. And tonight we're going to be talking about his return to the grid with his new show, Urban Dreaming. Hi, Suri. Hi, great intro. Um, yeah, Suri Bin Saad. Not Suri Bin Saad, because I used to get that as a kid, though. And, um, but Suri's you're not been sad. sad lately. Suri no, Bin no. Happy. I'm generally pretty happy. Yeah. Oh, good. And, of course, I have um, Beck Sitting next to me Didn't tonight. Didn't think you were going to introduce no. me, Steph. I was feeling a bit no. unloved. I always save the best till last. You know oh, that, Beck. Stop it, Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> so before I go any further, I need to explain a word that I've just used in my intro, and that word is grid, because it is a radio terminology. And for those of you who are listening who haven't um, come into our fantastic studio here in Joy, and we always do welcome visitors, so if you're interested, do come and... and and come and meet us anytime. But I use the word grid. We have three grids a year at Joy, and a grid is basically a program um, schedule. Roster? Yeah, schedule or roster. Um, and these grids run for four months. And sometimes we have new shows on our grid, and sometimes we are welcoming back returning shows. And Suri has a, a show that is coming back for this next grid. Yes, I do. And um, it's the same show, Urban Dreaming. Yes. And um, some pleasant surprises. Uh, We are looking forward to talking a little bit about that. Um, But to begin, Suri, I would like to know a bit about you and your life because 
from what I've read, it's been pretty, a pretty amazing um, and interesting life that you've had so far. And let's start with your, your full name. Here we go. Uh, it's Ramza Pepe Giovanni Binsad. Wow. How do you fit that on the form when you go through immigration, when you go overseas? (laughs) Well, I've never had to deal with that. But um, I think when I was a kid, though, I struggled to spell my Mm. name. And I actually couldn't spell my name until I was in year 10. Wow. Because I didn't – I was spelling it the whole way that I thought it was meant to be spelt. But um, I found out from my father, because we never lived with my father, and he eventually told me, that's not how you spell your name. So I used to spell it S-U-R-I-H-A-M-Z-A-H, but it's actually S-E-R-M-S-A-H. Wow. And pronounce it again for me. So Saramza. Saramza. And yep. what does it mean? So it means the brightness of the light. Okay. And that is a name that you inherited from your from my father. father. Okay. And is that um, traditional? Is that a, a traditional thing that father to son? Yeah, it's strange because my father, um, his real name is Saramza. Yep. Um, one of the oldest boys, so I think he's probably the fourth eldest. They call my dad Hamza for nickname, and then they named my fourth eldest brother Hamza, and then I was the last of the of the the tribe, and I was called Saramza after him. So <clears throat> I guess I got his full name. And how did you end up with Suri? Well, because kids kids couldn't pronounce my name properly. So um, okay. one day I went home after going to school and just going, "Mum, uh, my name's Suri now." She goes, "Okay, whatever." <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your people. So uh, my mob are from the Nigana. Um, clans, which is actually in the Kimberleys, West Kimberleys. Right. Um, so that's from my my mother's side. Um, she has Indonesian, oh, sorry, Aboriginal, Scottish and Chinese mix. And my father's a full Indo. So he's from Banjamasan, which is a small island sort of near Kalimantan. And how do you, uh, what do you identify with most? Which which tr- cultural tradition do you find yourself more drawn towards? Um, I, def- I definitely go with my Aboriginal roots more, okay. more strongly than my Indonesian because I never grew up with my father. So I guess I just followed my mum and that was her cultural way. So, okay. yeah. And whereabouts did you grow up, Suri? I grew up in Port Hedland, which wow. is... Um, it's a long way from a lot of stuff. Yeah, whoop whoop. And it's um, a mining town and not a very great place, to be honest, but special memories. Okay. Yeah. And then eventually ended up in Melbourne, but was there a bit of a trek in between? Uh, a, lot of, a lot of transitions. Um, I went from... Headland to Perth, studied there, and then I went back to Port Hedland, did a few years there, went back to Sydney, studied in Sydney, then I studied in Brisbane and back in Broome, and then back in Melbourne, or to Melbourne from there. So Indigenous people talk about their connection to their country. So where is your, where, where, where do you feel your connection most? It's funny, I've actually been going through this um, probably in the last couple of years, because I always used to think, well, home is home, you know, because whenever I fly over the ocean towards Broome and the Pilbara as well, I've, I find that my heart and my Leon, which is what we say is our connection to, to spirit, and culturally I feel like strong from home, which is yeah, the Kimberleys, because that's my roots that come from Broome and Derby. So even though I was born in Port Hedland, um, my, I guess my clan sort of originates from Derby towards Broome. Okay. Um, but in the last couple of years, like I said, I think I've found that... Um, you know, I think we all uh, sort of feel this where we've just we make home where it is. Yeah. Um, I've never felt more connected to another place when I'm away from home, which is Melbourne, funny enough. And um, I guess it's got that same sort of feeling of knowing that, you know, if, you've, if you're strong in yourself, you know, therefore you're strong anywhere you go. And I think that's a part of what I've sort of continued on. And I, I believe that 
you know, with anyone in general, but uh, especially the Indigenous, um, I find that, you know, we all have one place, which is Australia, yeah, with, with the whole of Australia and First Nations people. So, yeah, yeah the connection's there and throughout the whole of wherever I go. Yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm fascinated with this connection because, you know, I, I'm an Australian, but, you know, I believe that, I don't feel like I belong in Australia because I believe this land was stolen from from the Indigenous people and I, and I don't have that same sense of connection that perhaps you have. And I wonder, you know, when you talk about that connection, how does it feel? Does it feel like belonging or, you know, when you go back to your land, does it feel like joy or do you feel um, a sense of relief getting back there? How, I mean, how does it actually feel well, you're inside right. you? It was stolen. And secondly, the fact is, yeah, the... I think the Leon describes it all in one sense of belonging, sense of spirit, right. sense of culture, culture, and knowing that um, I guess it's that it's that gut feeling, you know, when you when you just you sense like it's beyond your thinking from your head or your or your feeling from your heart. It's from your stomach. I love that you have yeah. a word for it. Yeah, Leon. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. Leon. I'm going to use that. L i y a r n. Now we have actually got some great music to play tonight from a new CD that. Um, that was sent to Chris serendipitously today called Desert Divas. So perhaps we will uh, we'll go to a track um, in just a moment and then we're going to come back to Surrey and talk a little bit, a bit more about him and a little bit more about Urban Dreaming. You are on Joy. That would be the grandmothers and the grandfathers being like, oh, you guys got to get up and dance, okay? Now we've got to do the traditional dance. And if we didn't get it right... Our grandmothers and grandfathers would be like, oh, jijijuna, liprala, in makuapakala, alaji, alaji, meaning you gotta do it like this, you gotta do it like this. And when you'd hear, eh, that's when you knew they would they would be very proud of what you did. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yes, that was Inmar, Zachariah with Electric Fields and the um, song itself, Inmar. And that's a bonus. Yeah. And um, he comes from the APY lands in South Australia and he takes us his local language of... Which is the Pitanjara. Pitanjara. Yeah, Adam. Pitanjara language and mixes it in with um, EDM, electric dance music. He has How a whole album. Brilliant. It's amazing. So I check loved it out. It. And in case you have just tuned in, you are on Stand Up Straight tonight and we have got our guest tonight, Suri Bin Saad, um, who is no stranger to joy and is coming, returning next month. Coming his, soon. Yes, on joy. Yeah, on joy, on joy yeah. with Urban Dreaming. Now, Suri, before that, you taught me my new favourite word, Leanne, which is the coming together of spirit. Yes. Um, now, I want to know a little bit more about that and, and how you learn about that and how you share that with with people. I guess we've just grown up with that word and then finding out as we get older, you know, and um, the connection to law and land. And when I say law, I speak of L-O-R-E, the law of the custom of traditional, yeah, traditional law. Um, <clears throat> and the law itself in learning to live with the land and the land living with you and respecting the land, therefore the land will respect you. Um, yeah. And I listened to a previous interview where you were talking about the law and there was some sort of concerns about who's going to pass on the law. What sort of responsibility do you feel that you've got, sorry, to pass on that law? Well, I think we hit a certain age in our lives where we, we feel like we have to pass on knowledge and... You know, there's only so much knowledge that I think I have personally through traditional ways because I wasn't brought up traditionally at all. I was actually brought up with, you know, more contemporary yeah. living. And I wanted to ask about that. What is a traditional upbringing? Well, see, the thing is when you're brought up with law, you actually go through generally the initiations. Um, so I I didn't have that opportunity when I was younger. Um, and because I lived in a town and I didn't live in community, but I also had best of both worlds. So I'd go in and, and spend time in community, of course. But it wasn't like I was there every day. It was only more for holidays and spending time with family. Um, but I find that um, a lot of our knowledge isn't passed on too because of secrecy. There's a lot of stuff that people don't tell unless you are, I guess, strong within the community and you're one of the, um, I guess, the next passed on to. Um, so it, it gets it gets complex. Mm. But if anything, um, I'm sort of... I'm sort of not glad, but I'm, I'm sort of part of me just wishes I had a bit of more of understanding when I was younger. But then I'm, I'm really happy with how I was brought up, knowing that I had the best of both worlds and, and the contemporary living too traditional. And my connection through dance is what allowed me to learn a lot of ceremonial stuff. Okay, and perhaps we should move on to that because I guess that's the perfect segue of, of combining the um, contemporary and, and the tr- traditional and as is represented in your dance. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, so I lived in Derby for several years as well. Um, that's where my mother was, um, basically that's where she was born and brought up. And I, when I was younger, I used to just dance in general and I, I found ways of moving and I, I, I guess I experimented with, with ways of connecting through um, just from going to the... Blue light disco, right up to you know watching oh, ceremonies. Blue light disco. <laughs> Those walls could talk. Yeah, and um, I from there, I I just had this thing going on where I was learning out a lot of animalistic movement. I just found that I was naturally picking it up, and I was wondering why am I doing this, you know? So I, I um, eventually approached one of our elders, and that was only Lucy Marshall, and she's from the Derby area, very strong traditional lady that one, um, and she. She, when she saw me perform, she said, what you're doing is good, son. She said, you, you, you can see your Leon is strong and your heart is proper for this, you know. And she said, I want you to continue because you can be a leader through your dance. So that's where I got the permission. 
And I, I guess when you get permission is when you know, okay, you can go ahead and do what you're doing as long as it's set from the elders to say that's okay. So that's a really important thing is, is having that permission to, to do that. Very. Wow, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I think when you do any sort of um, – because I, I like to do a lot of, uh, I guess, combining different styles or, or um, you know, techniques to, to traditional as well. And I used to worry about that when I was younger too because I'm thinking, is it is it okay? But – I think whatever we do in, in general, as long as you respect, you show an outline of respect in what you do and also know there are limitations though when it comes to permission but also knowing there's certain protocol we must always follow too. And um, I guess that's integrated in us as we get on and we find we, when we go to ceremonies because there's certain dances that you just do not do and that's lucky for me. I've been shown a couple of those dances but we are not allowed to do that publicly unless we're with the elders or otherwise get permission on so that. So they're things you would do at a ceremony but not not outside of, of that, yeah. Yeah. But then you have some sort of contemporary dance companies like um, Arigeku is a good example. Um, they use a lot of traditional contemporary mix and they go into community and they speak to the elders and they get permission to use some of their movements from a traditional movement and then put it through to play and I guess to mould and play with and like like Play-Doh, you know? Mm. As long as the elders there, again, you know, watching on and making sure, no, that can't be done, but that can be. Gosh, so. I didn't realise there was so much collaboration no. between um, the elders and... So much. ...and modern dance, really, because, yeah, there's, I mean, fascinating. Yeah. So, Suri, have you been trained um, in contemporary dance or is what you do... I've been Coming trained. straight from... Okay, and where did you yeah. do your training? So I did training in Perth at um, WAPA. I also did training. Oh, so that was ACPA, sorry. WAPA I did with the acting and, and dance, which was in Broome, which was the first ever course before they went to the Aboriginal um, Performing Arts course in WAPA in Perth. Um, I did Sydney, NASA, Brisbane. Um, hang on, ACPA is in Brisbane. So I did ACPA in Brisbane. Um, and ADU was in Perth, Aboriginal Dance Development Unit. Show my age here, aren't we? And then Melbourne, no, nothing. <laughs> so, I think you've done your fair share, though, by the sound of it. Um, now, I have to ask because I get a sniff of reality television and I just get excited. Um, tell me about So You Think You Can Dance. How do you find yourself on that that journey? How the hell did I do that? Um, well, it's a long story and you could probably check it out on Google. But in the end, I just jumped on board. I was working at this um, the Broome Resort, the Cable Beach Resort. And I used to work as a pool boy, pool attendant. So I'd always clean up the towels and, you know, hand out the meals and give out the cocktails, etc. by the poolside. And my main job was to make sure everything was clean as well. So I'd clean up everything, make sure everything's packed up. And I was literally grabbing these towels off the, the, um, the beds <clears throat> and... Um, I had this technique where I'd put all the towels like one on one arm and then I'd chuck them over each shoulder. So eventually I was just a walking walking towel person um, completely. That's all you could see, not even my face. And um, this last moment I picked up a towel, flicked it, and it flicked a magazine. And I guess it was like destiny or fate. I don't know, I don't know the difference, to be honest. But to to actually see this page and it just literally flicked open in front of me and it turned to the actual page saying auditions um, in Sydney. Um, in, in Perth, sorry, for So You Think You Can Dance. I looked and I thought I had, had a good read of it and I went, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then I just left it on the bench and didn't worry too much about it. And then I had literally that same day my, my sister-in-law called me 
Um, and she said, have you heard about these auditions that's going on in Perth? And I said, um, yeah, actually, I read about it, funny enough. And she goes, well, um, did you know that we've actually booked you an, an audition? Wow. And I was working full-time at the moment, and I'm, I'm saying, listen, I can't do that because I'm working full-time, and I've actually got some really you know, substantial work going on here. And they just said, no, it's, it's, look, it's going to be just a weekend anyway. And that was it. Stay with us. We are going to hear the rest of this story in just a moment. You are on Stand Up Straight on Joy 94.9. for joining us tonight on Stand Up Straight. That was Rita Tomlins and a part of me, another amazing Indigenous performer. We've been spoiled with some seriously good music yeah, tonight. great music tonight. So, um, and all from Indigenous performers. So, showcasing uh, some of the talent that's, that's around. Now, we've had uh, a great almost hour. We're almost at the top of the hour with Suri. Yeah, time flies. I know, we were just saying that. 
And before we go, it's really important that we talk a little bit about your show, Urban Dreaming. I know that the inaugural show was in August 2016, but you're coming back now. You did a whole series last year. Yeah. Um, So I was approached by Chris Tate, who's actually on the panel right now with us. And um, he was saying he really loved our show and he's the program director of of Joy. And um, he just said it'd be great to get you back on the grid, new grid. And um, I was looking forward to that you know for the for the april anyway but then he just made me feel a bit more like yeah i can i definitely want to keep doing this chris why did you want to have it back why do you think it's an important show for joy um i'm all about diversity and the other thing is i've just come from 18 months working in indigenous media in central australia so um for me it was almost like I, i i it's part of my blood now and for me having it on the grid it felt like it just felt natural and um yeah suri i used to listen to his show when i was in the desert i used to download the podcasts and listen to his shows often when i was in the shower um, read, <laughs> read of that what you will i love to learn things about people <laughs> <laughs> well because we anyway i want you know what i'm not going to get into the story but um yeah so i used to listen to suri's show and when i found out I had the job and I looked at the grid and I'm like, what? No urban dreaming. I was like, that is mission number one. Get that show back on the grid because it, it, it's amazing. And we just need a range of voices on so this station. let's backtrack a bit. Sorry, how did you find Joy? Um, well, funny enough, because I used to do a lot of rehearsals with Functional Theatre, which is actually downstairs. I think it's level six. Ah, and building. I used to go up to the cooling room, which is the top floor, 10, yes. and uh, we used to rehearse there a lot. And I always walk past the station and go, you know what, I used to do radio back in Derby about probably 10 years ago, maybe maybe even more when I think about it. Um, so I just thought, you know, I'd love to come in and just check out the station. And I knew it was a, it was a gay station as well. And, you know, being a gay man myself, I thought maybe I could be a part of this and, and hopefully try to bring some, you know, I guess something from my way, you know, and what I do in regards to the Kimberleys and, and um, preferably looking at something which we can sort of, I guess, strengthen the community with, um, you know, with traditional and cultural understandings. So when you decided to do a show with Joy, what sort of purpose did you set out with? Um, I guess just to volunteer and just to say, look, I I really want to get back into radio. I really loved radio. But did you have a vision for the show? Did was there something that you really wanted to achieve yeah, in, did, in doing a show? Well, because I, I used to run, like I said, a show back in Derby, and it was um, loosely based on what I was doing here for the first grid. And um, I guess it's more about because now I'm in, I'm not in country, I'm in, I'm in the city. So the the name Urban Dreaming came from that as well, knowing that you can actually, you know, be in be in the city but still find your spirit. Okay, and tell me about some of the guests you've had on previously. Um, I've had a few. I've had um, Dan Sultan. I've had Uncle Jack Charles. I've had oh, he's brilliant, by the way. Um, I loved every conversation with him. I I look at uh, and then I, I don't even just stick to Indigenous artists as well. I go um, to non-Indigenous and people who are, I guess, creating the bridge to you know bridge the gap in community and and allies, I guess. Yeah, yeah, say. yeah. And that's uh, one of them was Matt Gresham, which was great. Um, he's a brilliant artist as well. And um, I can't remember Uncle. What's his name? Um, I've had a few. It's, it's crazy. Like, and because I've had uh, like a lot of um, interactions with these artists before, I've worked with them, or I've somehow, you know, networked with them through country and and through different shows and stuff. And yeah, so I guess that comes in handy as well to know that I've actually got their contacts and and you know they're willing to come in and have a yarn, which is great to you know educate society. 
So will it be a similar format, this grid? Yeah, very similar, but also, you know, we're always going to, it's mainly a talk show, to be yeah. honest. Um, <clears throat> of course, great, fantastic Indigenous music, like tonight. Um, but we're also going to be a bit more produced this time around, and we're also looking at trying to, um, I guess, go more statewide into the whole of Australia, and we want to go through all the Indigenous networks. Fantastic. And will you have a co-host on this grid? I've got two now. Ah, so okay. So tell us a little bit about your co-hosts. I've got miscellaneous still. Yes. Um, so if you're listening, you big bud you. Um, so we want you back. And What's a big bud? Oh, you won't even want to go there. <laughs> and also we've got Chris Tate, who's going to do panel, who's actually um, getting a bit of rehearsals now and practice for us at the moment. And also... Um, He'll be co-hosting too. So there's about three of us. Fantastic. And um, that way I'm sort of off the panel a bit more and just focusing more on the interviews. And in terms of the music, I know you said it's mainly going to be a talk show, but are you um, keen to find lesser known Indigenous artists and showcase some some new things for people to hear? Um, oh, definitely. Look, yep. it's all we're all open to anyone and everyone. So community right down through to, you know, the big, big mob. So um, I guess that's what it's about really is, is working with, you know, with everyone and trying to find a way that we can all work together and and create, you know, I guess um, create a beautiful world of harmony. What a what a perfect. I mean, what more do you want, really? Well, it's what we need. Mm. You know, we've been misconstrued through media for too long, and we need to show people that we aren't what we are expressed to be on the media. You know, we're we're typecasted or we're stereotyped in certain ways, and I think it's it's really important to show that our cultural belongings and sense of spirit and knowledge and we come from a very spiritual background and you know for hundreds of thousands of years not just 60,000 so they say and I guess when you talk about that media portrayal I guess a show like yours is really important because it's you putting your own voice on what you're trying to say not the media trying to put it put an idea of what you want to say exactly and you know sometimes we'll get political at times um you know there may be things that we we might feel passionate about as well um but, you know, I guess it's something we need to express because it's important to get our views across because we, you know, like I said, we've been for too many years being looked at differently the way that we, we know we are. Yeah. it's. Re- I think it's that that voice of, of yourself coming through is really important. And, and I think on a, and on a show like Joy too, because I, I've, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I imagine there's different issues facing um, queer Indigenous people than queer non-indigenous people in terms of the community. Yeah, it seems to it seems to happen, but um, I, I, don't, I find that it's actually becoming much more supported than ever, to be honest. And you know, who who who's to say how it was in the past? We don't know, but we've never ever had any issues with um, sexuality and and cultural, you know, ways. I wondered about that with your identity, Suri. I mean, do you identify yourself as a gay? Aboriginal man or as an Aboriginal gay man? <laughs> it's like, which came first, chicken or the egg? Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I just wondered, you know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know. I guess both. Yeah. Yeah. If that, you know, I still think they're the same thing, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I just wondered if there was a priority there, whether there was one that came before the other. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, well, there's. it's funny because we can go into that conversation forever. But um, <laughs> I think the Indigenous and even contemporary is another way to look at it, you know, yeah. and that, that conversation, we had yes. a big forum for that and that there was no conclusion. So it just goes to show that I guess it's what, you know, whatever we feel at the time when we express ourselves. And as you said, things are things are changing and evolving, and the you know lines are being blurred. And 
you know, it's the same in non-Indigenous culture too with, with yeah. gender and identity. and. Well, everything changes. Each generation continuously changes and that even comes through culturally as well. We're almost at the top of the hour. We've had a great, uh, great hour here on Stand Up Straight. We will be back to say goodbye in just a moment. You are listening to Stand Up Straight with Beck and Steph and our special guest panellist, Chris Tate, and uh, most importantly, our amazing guest, Suri, from Urban Dreaming. We've had just the most wonderful conversation. It's been brilliant. Um, But there's a few exciting things happening around Melbourne that um, people should absolutely know about, and one of those is the Yurumboy Festival. Suri, can you tell us a little bit about that? So Yurumboy is... um basically meaning tomorrow, the shared languages of the Boonwurrung and the Woiwurrung. Um, so Melbourne will be experiencing a city-wide blackout across the 10 days of the festival as the nations and visionaries bring dance, music, visual art, film and discussions to the laneways and art spaces and public places. So this will be held at the meat markets on Blackwood Street number 5, 5 Blackwood Street that is. And um, yeah, it's going to be an amazing time of festivities. And what sort of things can people see if they go down there? Well, there's about 60 shows happening in those 10 days, so it's going to be crazy. Um, but major highlights would be, um, I guess, Mother's Day traditional ceremonial um, welcome to country for the bubs and age and new two years. Um, also, there's I know um, Maria Randall's got a show at the moment called Diversity, which is happening, and she's a brilliant um, choreographer. And she studied at NASA too, by the way. I studied with her. And there's... Um, yeah, there's, there's many. There's also some circus performances happening as well. But it's just a major blackout, so you're going to have a lot of Indigenous performances and shows. So if you've never, ever had the chance to really see many shows, this is a great opportunity for it. And Suri, if people want more information on that, can they go to a website? Yeah, just check out. I, I guess just type out Urimboy on, on, your, on your Google. That's uh, Y-I-R-R-A-M-B-O-I. And I notice you're on a City of Melbourne page at the moment, and there's a lot of information about it on there. So... So get on down to the meat market. Yeah, and well done to the creative director. That's Jacob Bowen. He's, um, he's doing really well. Well, it's time for us to say goodbye, and, but especially to say thank you to Suri. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, well, we'll be listening. And when does Urban Dreaming start and what time? Because people of, need to know. Oh, sorry. 4th of April, 8 p.m. A new time frame. Yes. So new what time. what day yeah. is the 4th of April? Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. So you're on a Tuesday, Tuesday night 8 at 8 o'clock. Yeah, we used to do the uh, 11 till 12 midnight shift and it was just and, terrible. And you start <laughs> next Tuesday. Yeah, this coming Tuesday. Wow. So new grid. New grid on starts Monday. on Monday. And Straight kicking off it. with Urban Dreaming on Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Please listen to Suri and yes, to Chris. please do. And miscellaneous. You have been on Stand Up Straight. Thank you, Beck. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Chris. Deadly. And, and thank you especially, Suri. Goodrich for your goodrich. Oh, good night. <laughs> Big shout out to Desert Divas. Their CD's out now and you can check that out from Brilliant. Karma Music or iTunes. Hi, You're on. this is Adelaide.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.